Hello and welcome to the Everything is Black and White podcast. It's time for our second match preview of the 2021-22 campaign. On this episode, I'm joined, of course, by John Gibson, but we also get the Aston Villa inside from Birmingham Mills, Ashley Priest, and you'll hear him after Gibbo has previewed Saturday's game. So pop the kettle on, sit down, enjoy this one. This is the Everything is Black and White podcast. Hello and welcome to the Everything Is Black and White podcast. I'm Andy Musgrove and it's time for the second match preview of the season. I'm joined by John Gibson and unfortunately, John, we are going to have to discuss that opening day defeat to West Ham because it plays in to what is to come this weekend against Aston Villa. Just first off, sum up your thoughts on that that game against West Ham. (sighs) Pleasantly surprised at half-time when I had my cup of tea. Um, Pleased. Uh, with the forward play, worried. Why? Because it's Newcastle United and you're always worried. And second half justified that worry because we were a shambles. We let in three goals in less than a quarter of an hour playing at home. Um, and the defence. You know, the simple question is, what department should we worry about? The simple answer is, every department. We worry about the attack that it will not score enough goals bar Wilson and Willock. They got two, one of them was Wilson, but how often is Murphy going to score for the rest of the season? So we'll worry about where the goals are going to come from. We'll certainly worry about giving the goals away. And then we look at midfield, take Willock out of it, and it's so much of a muchness that it's untrue, and they still haven't addressed the problem at the back, and they still haven't addressed the problem in midfield. I'm talking about the extra midfield and not Willock. So there's problems in all three departments, so we've got a right to worry. But the way we capitulated uh, and to lose on the opening day to um, West Ham, letting four in. And you've got to bear in mind, the season before last, both West Ham and Aston Villa, who we are about to face, finished beneath us, just stayed up. Look at the progress they've made in that season in a bit and look at how... We've stood still. That's what frightens me, and that's what angers me. And that's why when I'm told we need to improve defensively, we need to do this, yeah, well, get on with it and improve us defensively. Because I picked the figures out. The last four seasons, Newcastle United defence have conceded 47, 48, 58 and 62. And the last two on Steve Bruce's watch one of the best non-capped centre-halves you've ever seen in your life, and we've jumped from 47 and 48 under Ruffer to 58 and 62. We're not improving, we're actually getting worse. I'm a big fan of Fernandez, big fan of Matt Ritchie, but on oh. Sunday, especially in that second-half, I mean, Fernandez for the Michel Antonio goal or the penalty, whatever it was, um, he looked like he was running through treacle. It was, it was the Antonio goal, wasn't it? And he just looked... And I know he's 32, he's in the last stages of his career, but goodness, I mean, it was frightening to watch the way Antonio, who I know is very, very quick, yep. just, you know, Fernandez had a good few yards on him and he just couldn't handle Antonio. Well, and then Richie out of position as well. And it was just, there's a there's a lot of things worrying there. How do you address that ahead of this Saturday? Is there enough time? It's only a few days on the training pitch. What do you think he's going to do? Is he going to stick with that formation, do you think? Well... The interesting thing, by the way, when you said about Fernandez and Treacle and, uh, and having yards uh, on him to start with, now, that's how Kevin Keegan retired when he played for Newcastle. You know, he went and played Liverpool in the Cup and he, Mark Lawrenson, he had a start on Mark Lawrenson over a 10-yard run for the ball and Lawrenson strolled to it before him and he said, I'm retiring, and he did at the end of that season. Um, you've just hit on the total problem we've got at the back and it can only be solved in the transfer market. It can't be solved by Saturday. It can be improved, but not solved. Because the problem we've got at the back is that they're all aged, aged, they're all very late 20s or beginning of 30s. They're on the other, slightly on the other side of the hill. They're all one-paced. That's the trouble. We've got to get a younger man and a quicker man to play in there. But by the way, 
we've had these five or six central defenders playing for us for how long? And we've still not done anything about it. There isn't an answer in-house because Lascelles and Shaw might improve on certain things, but overall, they're not going to put pace in the side. They're not going to put legs in the side. And as for the two wing-backs who are terrific going forward, I'm talking about Murphy and Ritchie, terrific going forward, when the ball's over the top of them into space behind them or when they've got to pick up the, their marker, they are they play like wingers. They defend like wingers because, bless them, that's what they are. Murphy would never, ever in his wildest dreams have visualised himself as a some sort of right-back. No, no Richie at left-back. And they will get caught defensively in these situations. We've got to be more compact um, going down to Villa. And to your question, Andrew, I think, yes, he'll go with a five, which is a three, at Villa because he's not going to suddenly go to a flat back four and open up space for an away game when he's terrified at what's happening with a five. Uh, he'll go with a five and perhaps not allow the two wide men, the five, to get forward so often um, and leave space behind them. Which is what they're there for, though, as well. I mean, that, it's, totally. it's a difficult, different, difficult totally. to get that balance. And that's what Steve Bruce said as well. He said, we need to get that balance. We'll go to how Steve Bruce reacted because what I want to do later in the show is talk about the difference in reaction between Villa boss Dean Smith after his side got beat 3-2 off Watford on the yeah. opening weekend. And then, of course, how Steve Bruce reacted to the West Ham defeat. You mentioned Lascelles there, obviously, on the bench. Would you bring him back in? Would you bring Shaw in? Would you make personnel changes, even if you weren't making a formation change? Uh, I think you've you've got to. I mean, Kraft, they're all past the sell by date, but he's so far past, he's on the way back. He's not, uh, he's not a centre-back, though. Of course he's not, but he's been played at centre-back. The two wing-backs on full-backs, but they've been so it, but, but played there. It comes to then, is that... The question is, I suppose, why is Steve Bruce sticking with Kraft? Because he has persisted with him of late he um, has. in that role. When everyone can see it's not his natural position, it's not his fault. You know, he puts his heart and effort into it. He's, you know, you can't fault that, but he's not a natural centre back, and it is beginning to show. He's not a natural right back either, but uh, he's, he's just he's not up to Premier League class. Bottom line, um, there are problems. I mean, Kieran Clark's got a heart the size of a frying pan. Uh, he's going back to Aston Villa this weekend. It gets he's limited. He he is now beginning to struggle. You've got to keep uh, Fernandez in because regardless of individual things that went wrong, he he can play a little bit. I think he'll bring Lascelles back simply because he's the skipper. And and after a display like that, how do you keep the skipper out of the side when he's fit and able to play? Um, but I you know. You cannot adopt this attitude, uh, Andrew, but I almost don't care who the three are because I know they're not good enough. As a three, they're not good enough to shut out a team all game. And so the only answer is in the transfer market. But haven't we known all that all summer? Should something have not been done about I am sick of being told that if you want players on loan, we've got to wait till the end of the of the transfer window, etc. etc. Whether that's right or not, Steve Bruce is selling Newcastle as if there's some small club waiting for crumbs to fall off the rich man's table. And Newcastle United aren't that sort of club, or shouldn't be. Well, it's interesting because that was going to be one of the questions that I was going to ask you later on in the show. Now, I know this created a bit of debate on social media when Chief Sports Writer Lee Wider, you know, mentioned the fact that the transfer market and the lack of activity obviously hindered Newcastle's start of the Premier League yep. season. I'm just wondering, is Steve Bruce hindered by that? Because it's not his fault that Mike Ashley, Lily Charnley haven't given him more signings, haven't opened up the transfer pot. Yes, we know they've signed Joe Willock, but, you know... We think it'll just be loan signings coming in the, in the in the last few weeks. No, what more can Steve Bruce do to to make sure he gets the reinforcements? Because I don't know about you, John. Before the sign, Joe Willett, when we had them first pre-seasons, I was sensing. Now this is just my opinion, but I was sensing a, a little bit of frustration from Steve Bruce that effectively oh, he was I, being hung out to dry a little bit. When when he is sitting by himself in the house somewhere on Tyneside, he will have huge frustration because. It isn't his fault that he is so limited by the people above him, John Lee and Ashley. 
But the big difference with the, the crowd, you see, is that it was exactly the same for Rafa Benitez, but he railed against his bosses and made it quite apparent publicly that he was doing so about the lack of ambition by Newcastle United. Steve is seen by the fans to be over-willing to accept it, shrug his shoulders and say that's the way it is. Um, but he's got to make an... I mentioned on one of these podcasts a little while ago, get in the car, go down to Ashley's house, knock on the door, don't tell him you're coming, sit down and say I'm not leaving until you get me a centre-half and one, or you actually tell me that I've guaranteed one this week because you're going to release the purse strings. If we don't get the centre-half, those figures, 47, 48, 58 and 62, is going to go above 62 this season. Now we're in relegation territory when you're letting in those sort of goals. We need desperately, and 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 Steve Bush has talked about it consistently, about needing a centre-back. And we need a younger one with pace. Um but it's always been this, we've stuck and we have continued to keep at the end of seasons, give Shaw an extra year, give Fernandez an extra year, we've continued to keep what we've got when we ought to be going out and, and getting something that will help us. The same applies in midfield. We've got a much, take Willock out of the, the equation, the rest of it, a holding midfielder and Shelby trying to knock it about. We've got a much of a muchness in midfield, we're now going to sacrifice the two long staffs. They look absolutely certain to be on the way this this transfer window on loan and permanently if it can be done. Both the long staffs, okay, that might be a risk because they've both got potential. Sean Longstaff was a terrific player before he got his injury. Not so certain now, but don't you have a feeling that if he goes to Everton, with he, he'll become a star again. As for Matty, he's been treated disgracefully and you think he's got a massive heart and could do a job. All right, we may have to accept them going, but for goodness sake, let us get somebody in that can do a good job there. Because we knew what this squad was before we kicked off this season, how much we needed Willock. We still know how much we need other players as well, and time is running out so quick. And may I mention, while I'm on my rant, before I simmer down, that we have just played West Ham. We're about to play Aston Villa, and then we play Southampton. Those three sides are nowhere near as good and as improved as Villa and West Ham are. Nowhere near the Champions League-type sides we are about to face eventually, like Manchester City, Manchester United, Liverpool, Chelsea. Now, this lot are nowhere near that. If we lose against Aston Villa, and heaven forbid, and we've already lost to West Ham, we go in against Southampton, we're looking at nine points, we've got to get seven out of, out of that because we haven't played the good teams yet. If we start with two defeats against them, what sort of pressure is there against Southampton? We are not getting the points in the bag to allow us to play Manchester City or Chelsea lose 2-1 and say, well, it was Manchester City or Chelsea. We're not allowing that. This is the time we should be point collecting. I think many people will be keeping a close eye on Steve Bruce's press conference on Friday and want to see how he talks about Villa. I know a lot of people get upset at the way he seemingly talks down Newcastle United at many opportunities. Mm. Um, but anyway, we, I want to talk about the start in 11, John, before we get on to, to Villa. Um, we've mentioned there the defence. Obviously, Joe Willick set to make his debut. You would assume he starts. Who does he come in for? Oh, great question. Um, a great question because it's who should he come in for or who will he come in for? I mean, uh, I can't see um, Steve Bruce quickly dropping Shelby because he's a Shelby lover. Uh, he made him captain, for goodness sake, when Lascelles is out. He, is he going to drop him the next game? Um, I don't think so. So the only guy he can come in for then is Hayden, unless he, he came in for somebody further up the field like Almirin, etc. Leave Newcastle awkwardly or obviously, you know, exposed then, doesn't it? They're exposed in any way. When, if you, whatever Levin he puts out on the field, Newcastle will be exposed because they haven't got the quality not to be exposed. You've got to look at damage limitation or you've got to have the Kevin Keegan 
attitude without the gung-ho part of it, which is we can't defend, so let's go and, and, and see if we can get something out of it that way, uh, which almost worked up to half-time against West Ham. Now, we're going to talk some positives, and I know people might be surprised to hear that, but there were some <laughs> against Aston Villa. Um, and interestingly, the against way... West uh, sorry, against West Ham. And interestingly, the way Aston Villa played against Watford in the first half on the opening weekend will give Newcastle some hope. Now, we know Dean Smith has hinted that he's going to make some changes because he was absolutely furious at the way his team played in that opening 45 against Watford. Yep. And I tell you what, if they do play like that against Newcastle there's a big chance because Newcastle going forward in the first half against West Ham looked impressive you know St Maximum was just a joy to watch Wilson doing what Wilson does Almiron was even getting forward clipping the ball they had chances John to go into that half time break against West Ham more than 2-1 up now of course defensively let them down they were unlucky like we say hit the ball Wilson with a cheeky back heel so there are weaknesses in that Villa side that they can target it's just about Newcastle making sure they're on their game going forward and improving at the back oh it it the Villa game was a shock I don't think anybody thought that Watford newly up would have three in the bag before Villa woke up uh, I mean there's an that was an unquestionably a shock what we've got here on Saturday is two teams hell-bent on redemption because the team that loses on Saturday is facing a season which can be an uphill grind. Because if you lose the first two, and it's against Watford and Newcastle, or it's against West Ham and Villa, you're behind the eight ball. So this is a big, big match for both clubs. And um, you just get the feeling with Villa that their manager is more angry than our manager uh, and therefore might do something about it. Yeah, I've got the quotes here from the weekend. Now, I'm, I'm you know, kind of paraphrasing. I'm, I've just taken a little bit from the quotes. So we look at what Dean Smith said straight away. You know, he said his team lacked intensity. They were unrecognisable from the end of last season, from the pre-season. He said they were annoyed and disappointed, um, just wasted 45 minutes after a good pre-season Straight away when Steve Bruce was asked what went wrong, he said, well, the big turning point is the penalty. And then he goes in for VAR. Um, towards the end of the interview, he did say, you know, we didn't defend well enough. We've got to tighten up. We've got to be better. But uh, he did sense a, a com- a two contrasting reactions. And of course, yeah. they are different managers. They've got different personalities, different approaches to the game. So probably not unexpected, but it did strike us in the different reactions. Um, and as I was saying, you were off mic, John. The interesting thing, we've hinted at it slightly, is that both men used exactly the same phrase and it was, we were done on the counter-attack. Now, for the neutral... So it's 6-5, don't they? I was going to say, to the neutral, that's music to the ears, isn't it? It's going to be a fast-flowing game, uh, hopefully for the neutral all. They'll cancel each other out because they've both gone back to the wall and said, right, we're going to actually try and defend. But what do you make about those those comments and the contrast? And uh, this is from two managers who are allegedly and are passionate about the clubs. I mean, uh, Smith was a Villa fan all right, with Villa, and Brucey a Jordy and Newcastle fan as a kid, as he tells us, etc., etc. One looks excuses and one looks right. I'm so furious. I'm telling it how it is, and we're sorting this lot out for for next week. Um, and. The worry is for me that uh, I think everybody at Villa is irritated and is looking at this game to put it right. The players are irritated because they're sick to death of being told that they were a one-man team last season and it's all about Jack Grealish and now Jack Grealish is gone. They're going to struggle. And, of course, those sort of people are saying, well, that happened at Watford. It's right. So the players are furious about the Jack Grealish thing uh, the manager is certainly furious and it could be said that he's got more uh, ammunition at his elbow to be able to do something about it. I mean, if if Ollie Watkins is fit and returns and they keep Danny Ings in in the must because he's the new super signing and he's scored, albeit a penalty, down there. But, I mean, you know, Ollie Watkins and Danny Ings is enough to worry our back three, is it not? Frightening. Uh, it's enough to and worry us. And and the new signings will be looking for home comforts. Um, so 
I think he's got more to play with than than we have got to play with in terms of changing things for the better. Now, it's going to be in front of a full away end. The tickets went, I have, it sold out this morning. Now, I'm just wondering in terms of pressure. Now, we've mentioned there Villa have signed a lot of players, spent mm-hmm. a lot of money. And to be fair, Dean Smith has spent a lot of money over the, the, the previous few windows. Yes, he did. This has been a big outlay. Obviously, the Jack Grealish exit. Is he under more pressure? I know it's only two games in the season, so there will be people pulling their hair probably listening and saying, we're only two games in the season, what's pressure? But you can't spend that amount of money and lose your opening two games, can you? I don't... Well, he hasn't yet. Uh, lost his opening two games. I'm feeling confident. And I, I've noticed that. I've noticed that's the full half full as opposed to half empty. Um, I don't think he's under pressure yet because of the season that he produced last season. Um, a lot of people will look at a lot of... Birmingham people, Aston Villa people, I think, will look at that and say, well, we lost, but we were 3-0 and it becomes 3-2 and it was a one-off. The pressure will come if he loses to Newcastle. What happens after that? Um, and Steve Bruce is constantly under pressure. Steve Bruce has got two years of pressure yeah. on him. So I, I, I think going into this game, there's more pressure on Steve Bruce than there is on the Villa manager because they did... They, they only finished one place above us, but it was 10 points above us. Uh, so, that, you know, I don't think he's under pressure yet. You mentioned there that Bruce has been constant pressure. The, the reaction on, on Sunday against West Ham was, 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 was all right. There wasn't, you know, much or any really anti-Bruce action. The win, though, can be a, a bit different, can't it? You know, you have uh, not necessarily more passion, but it's a different kind of atmosphere, isn't it, in the weekends? I know I was down there... Yeah. A couple of seasons back in the in the, in the way end down at Villa Park, and it was um it was quite something. I think did Newcastle lose two nil or two one, um and you know there was a lot of discontent then. You would hope though that you know this is not necessarily clean slate, but it's l- l- let's enjoy the first away game back with fans in the stands and hopefully Newcastle can come out with three points. And how would you think they're going to react to Bruce um on Saturday? I think the Villa fans might react to Bruce more than ours at the start. They will take the they'll take great delight in, in trying to taunt their ex manager. Uh, I think our away fans you go away mainly because you love Newcastle with a big passion and you're desperate to see them do well. And you've got to build into this the Joe Willock fa- uh, factor. If Joe Willock is making his debut and starting as opposed to coming on as a sub, that feel-good factor. By the way, you could argue there's more pressure on Joe Willock than there is on either of the managers because he scored seven in his last seven and he's going for eight out of the last eight. He is our only hope on because the rest were all here last season. He was for the second part of it, but he's now ours permanently. I, I don't think there's pressure on Willock because they love him and he's a kid and I don't think he'll feel pressure at all. But there's more expectancy, that's a better word, on on Willock than there is on either of the two managers because he's in this phenomenal run and he's such a lovely kid and, um, you know, he will make a big difference to Newcastle. But we cannot expect him to go on scoring every game. You know, we can't say, oh, well, there's a goal straight away. Willock's in the team at Aston Villa. Um, because the law of averages tells you that doesn't happen for a striker, never mind a midfield player. Um but you know he gives us he gives us hope as much hope as their players do. But he can't defend. He can't play three centre halves. He can't be the two wing backs, etc., uh, etc. Et and by the way, what about Woodman? I mean, he's waited so long for his Premier League uh, debut. He, he gets it against West Ham. He's, he's Godfather sitting up in the stands who could make him an England player eventually, and he gets. Four goals in his own net with that defender in front of him. He saves a penalty, pushes it out, and the only fella that's uh, alert to that situation is one of their players. None of our defenders come in and clear when he pushes out. He could have been a hero saving that penalty and, and, and keeping the score to what it was at that moment and still a real chance. Instead of that, he, he'll forever think, I waited all that time for my Premier League debut, it was at home and there was four goals conceded. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see how he's handled that this week. I'm sure yeah, yeah. You know, it has been handled correctly, and he's you know his confidence hasn't taken a dent. It's just football after all. The players that Villa have got, then we've mentioned some of them. You know, they've brought in Leon Bailey, 
Uh, we've mentioned uh, Watkins, who might be back. He's got 50% chance. David, uh, Douglas Louise, he might be back as well. He missed the opening game. Um, John McGinn, who Steve Bruce absolutely loves. He's said time and time again that you know he's one of his best ever signings. Yep. You've got a lot of talent, haven't the The guy from Norwich, who you or I are not even going to try and pronounce because yes. we'll just get it wrong. 40 million. Brenda. Brenda. We'll go on with Something Brenda. Like that, Something yeah. like that. They've got a lot of talent. Of yep. course, we, we mentioned the Jack Grealish shadow, and we're, we're going to speak to Birmingham Mills, Ashley Priest, who covers Villa home and away. Um, his chat with me will be at the end of this show, so do stick with us for that because it's really going to be interesting to get that insight on Villa. They have a lot of talented player, players, John. Who are you most fearing from the Villa side? Very, very good question. Um, I mean, if if Ings plays with Watkins, you, you, you're going to fear that partnership hugely, aren't you? Because they are both capable of scoring goals. Watkins is a wonderful workhorse, and I mean that in the nicest possible way because he is a thoroughbred, but he works his socks off. He really, really does. And um, if those two are going together, you're, you're going to worry about those two as Newcastle United people looking at it before it happens. We've got to give them something to worry about and we've got to be able to feed uh, Callum Wilson and Joe Willick for them to fear Wilson and Willick as much as we fear uh, Watkins and Danny Ings. Now, to finish off the episode, last week we went for win, draw or uh, loss. Uh, I off camera said draw because I forgot to give you mine. You said... I said win. Win. So neither of us got it right. What and I this? thought they'd win 2-1. I got it right at 45 <laughs> minutes. Unfortunately, a match lasts 90 minutes. So how do we think this Saturday's going to oh, go? Oh dear, oh dear, oh dear. I, I can't see Newcastle winning. Um, and I know that sounds awful, but there's no bigger fan than me because I'm like every Newcastle United fan. I've been all my life desperate for them. I don't have to say a draw or a defeat. My, uh, my, you could just say D and then just... Change it just, to whatever it is. Yeah, yeah well, it's definitely <laughs> going to be a D, in my opinion, yeah. Uh, my head says they will narrowly lose down there. Um, my heart says that they might come away with a draw because I can't... Well, then home to Burnley in the League Cup and then home to Southampton Can you with crowds in. Can you imagine the pressure on us if we've lost the first two in those two games? I know that you might talk about the League Cups, the League Cup... But if we don't knock out Burnley and we're going to Southampton with three behind us like that, my Jove. And that's what they're fighting for here. I would like to think we get a draw. I think we might suffer. I'm going to go for a win. I just, I'm just hoping, and we'll get more from Ashley Priest um, in a moment who might be able to try to prove my theory right or wrong. But I'm just hoping Dean Smith has gone in and he's just rattled the dressing room and it has... The opposite effect to what he's hoping. He's gone in too hard and they've come out there fearing a little bit. They're not as concentrated. And, you know, I think... So, and what's going to lift us after letting in four at home and three in quarter of an you, hour? You've mentioned it already. That's going to lift us. No, no. Joe Willick. Oh, Joe right. Willick. The boost. That's going to pick her up and we're going to get a win. And, uh, you know, Steve Bruce is going to love it even more because he's gone back to Villa Park. He's got that victory that he wants in front of their, them home fans. He's got the first win of the season. Wilson will continue to score goals. I'm feeling confident. I don't know what I've had in my Weetabix, but I'm going for a win, John. Well, whatever you had in your Weetabix, I hope I have it tomorrow morning and then I might feel the same way. I think Geordie fans go one of two ways. When we get a slapping, which we're used to, we either get immediately depressed, like me thinking we're not going to win, or immediately, oh, we're going to bounce back on this and ignore all the facts about why we shouldn't bounce back. I hope you're right. I'm worried that I'm right. <laughs> Fingers crossed, I am right. Stick with us because the next voice you will hear will be me introducing Ashley Priest from Birmingham Mail covers, as I say, Villa Home and Away. John, thank you as always. We'll be back next week to cover um, that Southampton game. In the meantime, please remember to like and subscribe. Hello and welcome to the Everything Is Black and White podcast live on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter and later on our podcast channel. I'm Andrew Musgrove. And I'm joined by Ashley Priest of Birmingham Mail, Birmingham Live, who covers Aston Villa home and away. Ashley, how are we doing? All right, yeah. Still stinging a bit from, from Watford at the weekend. Um, just a horror, horror first 45 minutes there. And um, we need to bounce back against Newcastle at Villa Park on Saturday. So 
the two stars know each other well, that the managers know each other well. So it's all boils down to should be a good one. Villa lost 3-2 on the opening weekend, Newcastle 4-2 against West Ham. And we're just speaking there off camera about the kind of the interesting um, contrast between the, the two clubs. I mean, in fact, the similarities actually with the performances first off, uh, we're talking about contrast of managers, but we'll talk about that performances first because as you said, Villa's first half was, was not good, but the second half was a bit better. Newcastle's first half was pretty decent. Second half, they were pretty poor. Um, so both teams had this Jekyll and Hyde performance. And what was really interesting, I found, actually, was I've just looked through back through the quotes from both managers, and we'll talk about the difference and how they reacted to these games. But one thing they both said, nearly word for word, was that they were uh, they got done on the counter-attack. So for a neutral, it might be a very good game on Saturday. Definitely, yeah. Ismail Asar from Watford just, just caused us carnage. He was, yeah, he was all over Mac Target, so I'm hoping... So Maximan and, and Co. just stays off Villa a little bit because at the, mo- at the moment, Andrew, Villa are unfit. They're an unfit side, which was there for all to see in the first 45 against Watford. Bad players injured. Uh, club record signing, Emmy Buendia. He's been out injured. That's his first 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 minutes last week in two weeks. Um, Leon Bailey, another big signing. That was his first first half an hour in a Villa shirt. So it's still they're all still bedding in. And Danny Ings hasn't played with them pair either yet as well. So, yeah, it's just better than period at the moment and Villa aren't fit and I think they got caught cold against Watford in that first 45 minutes. Are you talking about those players you've just mentioned not being fit or is generally the team? Because Dean Smith was quite impressed by all accounts with the pre-season and how it went. Yeah, yeah, I think he would say that anyway. Um, but the squad as a whole, the day after Watford, Villa booked in a, a game at Anfield against Liverpool just to get some minutes in the legs. Matt Target played played in that, and he played it on Saturday as well. So, just frantically rushing around to try and get some minutes into the players at the moment. Um, obviously, we had a Smith was self isolating throughout pre season for the first two weeks, and then we obviously had a cancelled games due to COVID, Nottingham Forest, and then the Sevilla was cancelled as well. So it's been a bit disruptive pre season for Villa. So that's why I'm a bit tentative going into this fixture uh, on Saturday, given what what we see at Watford. I think Newcastle, if they come out quickly. Get an early goal, I think it could turn. So um, yeah, hopefully. I mean, I think home crowds have a massive impact on that this season. They're back in. I think that that, that played a, a key role in Newcastle's first half. I'm guessing it's St James's. Um, I did well there. So I'm hoping that the Villa Park effect can come into play on Saturday, and hopefully a couple of early goals and put Newcastle on the back foot. Newcastle's point of view, a sold out away end will certainly. Uh, yeah. hopefully boost their confidence. We mentioned there Dean Smith talking about getting done on the counter-attack. I'm just wondering, you mentioned there that, you know, they've, they've played Liverpool in a kind of a, a friendly that earlier this week. What will he be doing to kind of fix that issue? Because it doesn't, it's no secret. You look at Newcastle and their strength is on the counter-attack. You give the ball to Alan St. Max from 12 me one and they'll just run, try and catch the defence out. So what will Dean Smith be looking? Because it's not only a case you've got to fix that, you're playing against a side who was actually quite good on the yeah. counter. It's going to be a game of poker or chess. I couldn't really see that because I think these people want to want to be defensively solid for the first half because they weren't that on Saturday. So he could revert to a three-man midfield. He obviously played two in there at Watford. He's looking to go two two up top now with Ings and Watkins. So he's changing the whole dynamic dynamic now without Jack Grealish. That's a bit of a concern there. But yeah, could be quite a cagey first opening twenty minutes. Like a kind of a boxing match, sussing each other out. But yeah, Newcastle are the masters at that. I know they soak up the pressure and bang, St. Maximum, Almiron, Callum Wilson. There you go. So the Villa have got to be wary of that threat. Likewise, with Newcastle, Villa threats. I mean, Watkins up front, that's a massive issue to start on Saturday. That's a massive, massive thing, massive news for Villa that he's coming back in. They missed him dearly against Watford and yeah, and the, the new boys did look okay. Uh, Leon Bailey, especially, he he, he looks just, he will start on Saturday. I think he looks a real player, thirty million pound player there, and um and yeah, hopefully hopefully it can work. But yeah, I think it'll be quite evenly matched to begin with. Both sides just each other out, and then it's whoever scores first. I was going to say because Newcastle in the second half against West Ham, their defence looked slow. They were out mm. of position. They just lacked pace. They couldn't handle the likes of Antonio. So when you yep. do consider. Watkins been back. He's got a bit of pace about him. Bailey, you know, there's a lot of fast attacking players that Villa have got, and I, I'm guessing um, from a Villa point of view, they'll will be looking at how West Ham managed to turn the tables on Newcastle 
totally. by catching the likes of Fernandez out of position, Matt Ritchie, they'll be looking to do exactly the same on Saturday. Yeah, totally that. Yeah, I think they'll be studying them clips right now. Yeah, we've got, got good attacking options there now with Brian there. They spent £95 million, Andrew. Not many clubs have done that this, this summer. I know they had to with, with the Grealish sale and they're still adapting without Grealish. So it all depends on how quickly they gel. Hopefully it starts on Saturday. Hopefully it all clicks then. Full, full house at Villa Park for the first time in you know, 18 months. So we'll see. Um, we'll see. Obviously, Paul's comment there, just saying that Villa, Villa will destroy us. But I'm not too confident that given... I would have been last season if Villa had a full, a full strength side then. But coming into this one, off the back of the Watford first half, off the back of knowing players are still unfit, it's still a bit of concern there on Villa's behalf. Yeah, I mean, how difficult is it? Obviously, Jack Grealish, huge player, big transfer. And it's going to kind of, the shadow is going to be over Dean Smith and the Villa team for a long time to come. And how much is that impacting? I was watching the the BBC interview with Dean Smith after the game and the reporter actually apologised and said, I'm sorry, I'm going to have to ask you a Jack Grealish question. He's going to get that a lot until they start performing. He is, yeah. He is, yeah. Um... That's why I mean, if you take Shearer out the Newcastle team back in the 90s and early noughties, I mean, it's similar. Um, they have a similar effect. Every time Villa had the ball last season, give it Jack, he'll it, take three out of the game and that, that, that makes space for Watkins. So they're going to have to adjust, but they've got good players, really good players in Leon Bailey. I can't stress enough. He's, he's an exciting, similar mould to St. Maximum, gets bums off seats. He's a real, I think he'll be a star. Um, and Danny Ings, Newcastle, Newcastle fans know a lot about Danny Ings, don't they? Season goal scorer. So if he gets it, he's, he's one in one already. So that's a plus. And obviously, the other one, Buendia, hopefully, he takes the, the, the creative aspects of Grealish's game back and, and pumps it back into Villa. So they are going to miss Jack. That's, that's a given. But it's how they respond now, how they gel, and how, how they, they move forward without him now. For those who don't watch Villa that often, with Watkins being back, is it likely to be? two up top or is he likely to lead to fall in the number 10 role and Ings the, the fairest man forward what's it likely to be quite a surprise to, to me this was Danny Ings will play as a 10 he will drift off for Watkins Watkins will be the highest highest player he'll press press the centre halves um, and he'll, he'll do most of the running whereas Danny Ings I think the, the Villa the club media the, the um, recorded conversation between the pair and he said Danny Ings said to Wally Watkins he said I'll drift off you I'm going to do much of the running not like what you're going to do so I think they're going to play as a one and a one. I think Ings will play off Watkins in that in that respect. I've seen a lot of people saying Ings might come out of the team, but he's signing Ings for twenty five to thirty million pounds. He's going to play most weeks, isn't he? That's, that's I think that's a given now. So it's be interesting to see what it goes with on Saturday, Dean Smith. But I watched him in the final friendly together. The Watkins played ahead of Ings, so hopefully they come good. Um, yeah, it'd be a, it'd be Ings beyond Watkins in that respect, Andrew and. Um, yeah, as Smith already said this season, Watkins won't be playing out wide. He's going to be he's going to be the main man. So such a boost that is to have him back. The loss about him on Saturday, they really did. Um, you know, lots of comparisons between Watkins and, and and Callum Wilson. You know, obviously when you cast without Callum Wilson, they they were much worse side. And Wilson scored on on Sunday yeah. against West Ham, and there'll be hope from Newcastle's camp. He'll continue to to do that, and he'll look at the way Villa performed that first half and probably licking his lips at the you know the thought of going against maybe Mings, who doesn't look at the level where we expect them to be at. Um, defensively, what was the issue? You've mentioned there that you that, that they're a bit unfit still. They're not haven't got that full prep, but is, is there anything else playing in, in, into it, do you think? It's the midfield, Andrew. The midfield. Um, that's the sticky point among supporters at the moment. We've got a big issue there at the moment. Fans are desperate to get see a, a big bruising number six coming, an enforcer. We haven't got that at the moment. Uh, on Saturday, he played John McGinn. Play, he, play, he plays him deep. And he played marvellous in the camera next to him. So, and obviously, Bruin Day was just, just ahead of them. But yeah, midfield's a bit big talking points amongst Villa at the moment. It's um, square pegs, round holes, I should say, with, with that at the moment. It's not gelling. So, I'm interested to see how Newcastle line up with, with Shalvey in there with, with two more, with three man midfield for Newcastle. And Watford, they got real success out of three man in midfield. The likes of Kukat, Cleverly, and Etobo, they just jumped on Villa, pressed them, harried them. That's where they won the ball in midfield. Give it Sar and Dennis up front, and they were tuning up. So if, if Newcastle can get a, a strong goal in Villa's midfield early doors, that's where success is going to lie. Because Villa defensively, they were solid last season. They've got no questions about defensively. Tyro Mings, Ezra Kanta, Matt Target did struggle. We've got Ashley Young to come in if, if, if Smith wants a, a calm head against Maximum down that left side. And 
Matty Cash at right back and Martinez is one of the best in the league. But in terms of Villa defensively, it's that, that midfield that the uh, the engine room in there. They get they got outran on Saturday. So if Newcastle look at them clips and see what Watford did, they could have some success there. Joe Willick likely to make his debut for Newcastle. Probably Isaac Hayden to drop out, but then that okay. does leave Newcastle a bit exposed because he's the the defensive man who really Shelby will probably play the deepest, but he's not a man who really sticks his foot in. So it'll be interesting to see who indeed he does drop. Uh, personally, I would I would take Shelby out the side and, and keep exactly. Hayden in to get that bit of defensive bite. But Steve Bruce is a big fan of Shelby, who's made captain in Lascelles' absence, and yeah. it doesn't look like I, I, I can't see him dropping him. Then there's the defensive issues in Newcastle. I say setting off were all over the shop and. Lascelles was on the bench, Cher was on the bench, so there might be some changes there. Yeah. Matt Ritchie, you know, out of position really for the for the second half and didn't look um, up to the standards we expect them. So maybe Jamal Lewis might come in. There's a, there's a few things, but it's a question of whether, and I suppose this applies to, to Dean Smith as well, whether you you go in, you know, really hard, you rattle the dress room, you see, you know, you were, you, you were poor, you know, second half, first half for Dean Smith's instance. And you make the changes, or whether you stick with, you know, the team you had, and just try and up their levels because at the end of the day, they are your your first pick. Yeah, it'd be interesting in terms of that, Andrew. Whether you start to Matt Target, he was the players' player of the season last season with Villa, and he really struggled against Sar on, on Saturday. So whether he sticks with Matt Target and size to him, go on then prove prove prove, prove it was just a hiccup, or whether, whether he brings in Ashley Young, thirty six year old. He dealt with Saar last week when he when when he slightly back in there and I think I think Bruce is going to say some maximum go 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 Villa's left side go at target if he starts he's, he's under the cosh at the moment and yeah that'll be a really interesting battle down that side and but yeah I think I think he make a couple of changes I think he needs to I think Al Ghazi he didn't do anything last week so I think Leon Bailey will start new title I've spoke about it, really excitement about him I think Watkins comes back in as well I think he'll, he'll may drop um. Um, Nicamber or some, someone like that, and then push Watkins up there. And I think he will we'll stick with Danny Ings from the off. So, yeah, I think Villa will make changes as well. I'm expecting Newcastle to make changes as well. And um, yeah, I think we'll see what happens. But that first first 20 minutes should set the tone. Dean Smith seemed pretty angry, definitely the first half. I mean, I've got some of the words here. Um, you know, lack of intensity, unrecognisable, annoyed, disappointed, just wasted 45 minutes. Yeah. Um, Steve Bruce, in turn, actually blamed the penalty, said it was the turning point. You know, he, he went for VAR quite rightly. It was a poor decision. Um, and then at the end, he said, you know, we don't defend well enough, need to tighten up your bear. But I felt there was a bit of contrast between the, the, the two managers and how they reacted. I'm just wondering, can you give our, our viewers and listeners any insight into how Dean Smith would have approached this week? I mean, would he have followed the same kind of line he did after the game? You know, angry, you know, getting right into them for, for performing so bad in the first half? Or will it be a bit more friendly behind the scenes, do you think? I think he put the arm, arm around him. I think he knows the pre-season they've had. Um, not, not to mention John Terry's left, Richard O'Kelly's left. So the two, two assistants down as well. So like you say, he's played in that disruptive pre-season. I think he put his arm around him this week. He said last week wasn't good enough. But they got that response, didn't they, Andrew? They scored two in the second half. They made a fight of it. They did improve big time in that second half. Wasn't hard to do, but that, I think that first 45, they caught cold. New, new crowd in there. They haven't, they haven't been used to that. that. That played a part. Just that momentum, isn't it? If, if like a, if, when Matt Target slipped over or something, the crowd are on him. And I think Villa wilted in that sense. So, tables turn for this weekend. Villa Park, full, packed to the rafters. Everyone knows what, what the atmosphere can be like there as well. Similar to St. James, when, that, when, that's boot, when that's bouncing. So I think that will play a big part in that first first opening half an hour. So I think he put his arm around him this week. He'll say, you can't dip to that level again. And um, we've got to be on it from the on it from the word go. I think um, Newcastle will be banged up for it as well. I think Newcastle got something to build off from that first half against West Ham. They look bright. They've got Wilson's in the goals already. So I think Bruce will play a similar I think it said there's a result there for us to have today for Newcastle. So, yeah, it's going to be really interesting to see how, how, how they both line up. And I think it'll be like a chess match to begin with. And whoever whoever concedes first, and I think that's the way it'll go. But I think Smith will, will play play friendly friendly with them this week and we'll try and get them, get them going that way. You mentioned there it's going to be a sellout and the way ends packed out. Um, how important is that going to be for Villain? I'm just wondering in terms of 
Yeah, I mean, it's too early to, to be talking about pressure for either manager, but, mm-hmm. you know, is there, is there more of an expectation on Villa this season? I know they've lost Jack Grealish, but like you said, they've spent quite a bit of money replacing them. So is there an expectation that Villa facing Newcastle, it is a team they should be beating? Yes, I think so, yeah, given the start they've had. Watford, Newcastle, Brentford, they've got to put points on the board in the first three games. A lot, of, a lot of the talk amongst the group this summer with interviews and stuff, with Europe this, Europe that. That's what they're aiming for this season. So they've set the set the pedestal quite high. Personally, I'd probably take a ninth or a tenth this season, building again. But fans aren't, aren't, aren't in that boat. They want to see Europe now. They want to see his kick on. That's what the club are talking about. The CEO, Christian Perslow, he spoke of his disappointments at missing out on Champions League last season when Villa was so... Six points off with two games in hand on, on, on the top four before Grealish's injury. So they were, they were bang up there and then they've just faded big time when Grealish was injured. So, yeah, I think I think the pressure's on Smith this season. The club itself just cranked up another another level. They've spent big again. They might, might, might be making one more signing as well to tip it over the £100 million mark as well. So, yeah, I think they're going to the expectation level is going to be sky high. What's it amongst Newcastle now, Andrew? Everyone's off Bruce's back, would you say? What, what, what would be a good season? A good season. I think there's a difference because um, I, I was outside the grounds uh, against West Ham and was asking people this question, what would what, what can Newcastle achieve? And pretty much everyone came back and said, well, there's what we'd like to achieve and what we think the yeah. is realistic. And I think you look at the ambition of Mike Ashley and it is probably a mid-table survival relegation and hope that a few results could put you close to the top 10. But, you know, it, it does seem to me and many other people that it, it, the the ambition, I'm not even going to call it ambition, the aim is to just to survive. You make the numbers up and hopefully a buyer comes along in the non, not too distant yeah. future to take the club off. Mike Ashley, he's made it clear he doesn't want to be here and that's playing into this mm. kind of, really low bar it's been set just to survive and Castle fans look I know they look quite enviously on it at Villa and the money they're spending the ambition the same when yep. you look at Leeds and you hear their board yep. talk about their hopes and desires for the club and it is frustrating but at the end of the day Newcastle have got some decent players they have got enough to be more than just making up the numbers yes you know top 10 might be a push but you know there's no way that with a few weeks to go they should be looking and looking over their shoulder you know, they should be comfortably away from it. And it's not what any Newcastle United fan wants to hear. We don't want to hear, you know, yes, mid-table. We hey, you know, yeah. want to be doing more than that. But I think you've got to you've got to deal with realism. And this is Mike Ashley's Newcastle United, unfortunately. Yeah. Um, but you know, I think you've got to you, you can't look at teams like Villa, despite all the money they've spent with fear, you've got to look at them and think, well, you know what, let's go out. You know, they're gonna be at home. You know, we get an early goal, like you say, then Newcastle can be on top and, and that will hopefully have an impact. There's no team is unbeatable um, yeah. in the Premier League and that's how you've got to approach it. Sometimes Steve Bruce is guilty of talking up the other side a bit too much for people's liking. It'll be interesting to see what he does tomorrow yeah. uh, when he talks about Villa. He's mentioned how they can't compete in the transfer market to the likes of Villa, which you know that, yeah. didn't go down well with a few Cast United fans. But... On the pitch, you know, they've got enough to, to match them, I think. Um, at least not not to be fearful. It's just, you know, whether Steve Bruce's managed to sort out the defensive failures that we saw in the second half against against uh, West Ham. And, you know, it'll be interesting to see how they shape up and how hopefully they improve on Saturday. Um, Business wise, in the sort of, you done now, would you say? Or expecting a couple I think more? He's looking for a few a few loan players, but they're but they're not going to be anyone. I don't think that will really turn heads. There'll be, you know, Newcastle are in desperate need of a bit of an athletic centre-back, probably yep. a box-to-box midfielder, and if we're lucky, a striker, but given they've spent £25 million on Joe Willick, uh, they were said to be operating on a limited budget, mm. I can't see them spending much more money, if any at all. Really, that's just just getting my view. I'm not saying yep. that's where the club lie. We know that they're on limited, uh, limited pot to spend, but yeah, it'll probably be couple of loan signs of anyone you're looking at maybe who my night could you know spare who likes Chelsea maybe can 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 let go you know yeah. you guys got the um the young guy from Manchester United who Newcastle were looking yeah. at yeah and that's, yeah yeah you know that's the kind of players they're looking for in the loan market and they can't even sign them so that kind of shows you where yeah a lot at the moment unfortunately um and again Steve Bruce is is kind of He's hindered by those above him because they don't want to splash the cash like Villa do. They don't want to splash the cash like Everton do. Um, and you know, Newcastle fans just want to see good players signed in a, in, in, in a hope of doing more than 
just surviving. But like we say, this is Mike Ashley's Newcastle, unfortunately, and that's that's the way it is for now. Um, I just want to give you some quick fire questions of that, so right, just to finish off, Ashley. So yeah, we've mentioned a few of the the big players in in the Villa side, but who is the the main man Newcastle have got to keep quiet? Uh, Don McGinn. I go McGinn. He's got a bouncing goal last week. My personal opinion, he should be playing higher, like he does for Scotland. Real goal scoring midfielder, but at the moment, Smith and last season, Smith played in quite deep. So, but yeah, John McGinn started started the season well. Funny line for, for Newcastle fans is he said he, he said in the interview recently he said he's ditched all the club sandwiches and the pints over the summer. He's he's on yogurts and apples now. He's fit, he's the fittest he's ever been. So I got John McGinn. I think he could be uh, a player signed by Villa from uh, signed by Bruce Villa. So hopefully he can he can come good. Where's the main weakness? If you were telling Steve Bruce, this is where you can hit Villa, what would you be telling them? Yes, at midfield. At the midfield, if you get on top of Villa in midfield, uh, you're going to have success. Um, Villa haven't sussed that out at the moment. It's square peg round holes, like I've said, and just just that's the that's the main issue. You can really hurt Villa there in midfield. Ironically, that was probably Newcastle's as well, because if you overrun them in midfield, it's, a, it's then, you know, the defence is left unprotected, despite exactly that. technically being five at the back. Um. Who are you most looking forward to seeing from a Newcastle point of view? Who do you fear the most? It's obvious what he's saying, Maximus. Play plays lucky plays on the streets and really like him. Got personality. Loved his loved his assist last week. One way, the other way, the other way, the other way. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Makes you smile, doesn't he? Maximan, the way he plays and he's loved up there, isn't he? It's great when the cameraman doesn't know which way yeah. he's going. <laughs> I love that. Um okay. and just finally then Ashley, what's the score gonna be? I've got 2 2. I've got a four goal thriller. I'm going to go 2 2. Newcastle might peg Villa back late on. A lot of nerves, I think, both in both camps at the moment, given the, start, given the starts they've had. So, yeah, I'm going to go for a goal, a bit of a goal fest. 2 2. Will it might get one um, on his debut? And I think Watkins and probably, probably Bailey might get one for Villa. So, so yeah, I've got 2 2. Yeah, I'm going to go for a win. So, this, this the audio version of this is going on the end of. Um, uh, match preview with John Gibson in there. I stated that Newcastle will win on Saturday. I don't know. I'm feeling a little bit confident. I just think, you know, with the Joe Willick boost, the full away ends, it's going to be, it's going to be fantastic. Um, and I think I'm, I'm hoping Newcastle will get that win and kickstart their season. Yeah. yeah. Um, and yeah, scored, scored there. So going back a while. So yeah, you do a goal, don't you? Yes, fingers crossed. And uh, from a Newcastle point of view, anyway, Ashley, it's a, it's a good day for uh, Newcastle on Saturday.